Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Ill Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Gray. Tonight, I'm by my internet co-host. We have Devin. We have Ash. Say what's up, guys. Hello. Okay, Gray, that intro was so loud. I'm going to spill my drink. Okay. <laughs> it sounded like he almost choked. <laughs> I have since rail all over me right now. I, I do apologize. I will, this is only temporary. I'll work on the sound. We'll back up for now. Uh, tonight we are also joined by our biggest fan on Twitter, Raul. How you doing tonight? Hola. That's Spanish for bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing, for our, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Um, I love the show. Um, you guys uh, contacted me out of the blue, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is a, this is amazing. And I told my wife, I'm like, hey, Monday, I am recording a podcast with, uh, <laughs> with Kill the Dead, so if you had plans, cancel them. <laughs> much, much appreciated. No, I'm, yeah, I'm excited, man. We decided that we were going to not change the format, but adjust our format a little. Hence why we invited Raul on. Uh, I think for the most part, people have listened. We do focus a lot on independent horror, independent content creators of horror. So we thought it would be a great first episode to have a listener on as he is part of the horror community as well. Raul, if you want to plug yourself, go for it. Uh, oh, you know, I just recently changed my Twitter handle. I can't remember what I changed it to. Um, well, um, on Twitter, I am at Raul versus Monsters or the Monster Slayer. Uh, that's really the only thing I plug. Yeah. Fair enough. Raul, so, I have to ask you, where do you fall on Lord of the Rings? Oh, <laughs> oh you know, I thought this question was going to come up. I knew this question was going to come up. Uh, so, in, in high school, I, I had this girlfriend who was really, really big in the Lord of the Rings, and it was obnoxiously so. Like, just uh-huh. really gross. Like, um, like, everything was Lord of the Rings with this girl. And I tell you, it, it left a real bad taste in my mouth. I've seen all the movies except for The Hobbit. Um, but I've seen like just the theatrical ones. I'm not about those four or five hour cut things. Right. <laughs> because you're uh, like, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not I mean I'm not like you. I'm not opposed to a four or five hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so long. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not about that uh, whimsical stuff, you know. If I give me blood, give me gore, give me violence, yeah. that's yes. why I'm a horror fan. I think Raul is going to fit in just fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's with Sorry, right Brandon. <laughs> oh yeah, Brandon's been replaced. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the last time we heard Devin. <laughs> Well, I mean, and to Raul's point, that new show that's on Netflix, The Witcher, which, like I said, I didn't realize it was based on a video game. It's just, I'm watching all the trailers and the pictures, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks boring, man. But it's, 
like one of the most streamed shows on Netflix this year. Yeah, it's this year's Bird Box for sure. Oh gosh, <laughs> I like Bird Box. That movie got on my nerves. It pissed me off. I think it's because how everybody overhyped it. But I tell you what, like the memes that everybody came up with were hilarious. <laughs> I think that might be a new Netflix tradition of just getting a well-known actor to do a thriller horror at Christmas time. Because this is two years now in a row. Uh-huh. And that is all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like I may be going somewhere with it, but I was not. <laughs> they should just stick to you. The TV yeah, series good. Yeah. Bro, did you get a chance to watch that? Do you watch it? The Witcher? Uh, uh, you. No. No, I have not. I had a coworker that really recommended it to me, but I wasn't interested. I think I watched half of the first. And then I decided um, that I was gonna rewatch literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not the only person who hasn't yet to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So good. I remember when like it was first on Lifetime. A lot of people didn't realize it that it was on Lifetime first, mm-hmm. and then it got moved to Netflix. So. Yeah, and season two is definitely produced for Netflix because every other word is yeah, is like fuck and <laughs> every other word. Yeah, they really up the ante. Yeah. For those of you Chris D'Elia fans, uh, he has an interesting role. I don't want to give much away, but yeah. uh, I was surprised I was, to see him. I was surprised he took that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, given the role, it's kind of a hot subject right now. But I guess he's yeah. like. Comedians have tougher skin, so any backlash, mm-hmm. he's probably like, whatever, I got paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving along. So we have convened this night before New Year's for the New Year's episode to talk about the theatrical releases of 2020. A new year is upon us. That means new horror. That means movies in January that people don't think will do well. possibly will the first movie up for discussion is the grudge for those of you did not see the 2004 6 and 9 film i might not have those dates correct but whatever (laughs) uh it's a yet again a cursed house with the vengeful demon um that tortures people i guess you could say haunts people it's rumored to take place in the same realm as the previous three films, or at the same time as the other three films from the early 2000s. I, I think there's a bait and switch going on, so I'm not 100% sold on this. John Cho, who you guys probably remember from Hilton Kumar fame, is pretty much the person that is sold in the marketing trailer teasers for this film. However, he is not the top billed person in this movie. I did not so, know that. It makes me think that his character is not the main character or just a bit character. Uh, kind of like Lynn Shay. We know she's in it, but she won't be in it forever. That's kind of, that's just the conjuring. She's not really in it. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, spoiler so, alert. Which part? I don't know. 
<laughs> I uh, I will say outside. I will couple everything with anything you might say is all speculatory. We have not seen these films yet as they have not been released and we're not cool enough to get screeners for major releases. No, you yeah. just you, Devin. I wish I was. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think about this? It's coming out January 3rd, so Friday, literally. Are you guys um, in for it or you were burned I'm excited for it. I, re- I mean, I'm, I'm all for it and I love John Cho, so hopefully he gets a nice like part in the movie. I mean, hopefully he he stays alive. But um, I remember um, watching like the O four version. I was like what thirteen or something like that, and it scared the crap out of me. The second one scared the crap out of me. The third one, I do not watch it at all. That was a waste of my time. But I'm really excited that they're rebooting the the movie because hopefully it'll bring some of the younger crowds into it and be like, hey watch a movie and then maybe possibly watch like the the previous films i'm glad you actually said younger crowd because the director on this john pisa sorry if i said that wrong uh he was only born in 1990 so that means he was 14 when the grudge he saw came out and you know fast forward 2019 2018 he's able to write and direct his own version of it right so i think that part will be very intriguing Fuck them all. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. Oh, I'm okay. No good. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's it doesn't look shitty. Like a lot of films that typically come out in January. Right, it doesn't look like a rush production. And mm-hmm. I don't remember if this film was originally always slated to be released in January, or if it was supposed to come out in 2019 and got pushed back for whatever reason. Um, but it has a lot of star power. It has John Cho, Lin Shay, um, as we mentioned earlier. I really, really like John Cho as an actor. Um, and this seems this movie looks like it seems to, is trying to be a little bit more gritty, a little bit more realistic than the first three American Grudge films. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. The the color palette. Uh, so full disclaimer. Uh, after the debacle with this year's Pet Cemetery, I kind of refused to watch trailers until after I'd seen the movie. Mm. That's uh, a good call. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was so furious and, and blindly enraged by the that reveal being taken from me that I just I just decided I can't watch trailers anymore. Um, so I haven't seen the trailers for any of these movies, but I have seen, I've read up on some of them. I've seen still images online, and I do like the way the images look. The The color palette's really earth tone. Um, it's, I, I mean, it just, it just looks really, really cool. Um, an- another thing I have to say is I wasn't ever really a fan of, of the original Grudge. Um... With Sarah Michelle Gellar, I, I have to say it. Uh, I watched it in theaters, and uh, see, when, when did it come out? Two thousand four. I was young. Um, it it just didn't get. Did you ever watch like the original, like the Juwan series? Uh, no, no, I have not. Those are good. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, a quick question, and I, I don't mean to derail the conversation. So, Raul, so you're not watching trailers. Did you happen to see Black Christmas 2019? No, but it was hard to it was hard to not hear about it, and everyone's talking about how this certain plot point was uh, revealed in the trailer. Yeah. So even okay. if I haven't seen the trailer, I I know what the plot point is. I think. Right. Uh, and okay. I, I I was gonna go. I was gonna watch uh, the movie. Um. This, uh, the week it came out, I was gonna go watch it. And when I looked up Showtimes, I found out it's not playing at my local theater, and I was very upset about that. Mm, okay. Yeah, it had a release, and then they cut the screens, like, immediately after the first week. Now, I'm not sure if that has anything to do with reception or not, or just because they had to make room for Disney. Good old Disney. Got to release oh. the un- unproduced, unfinished version of Cats. <laughs> Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the best comedy of 2019. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't torture yourself. I mean, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to wait till it's on, I don't know, Netflix or something. But I'm looking, you, you guys know I love trash, so. Yeah. I think I'd watch you, you or Cats. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. I, you know, if they didn't change the print that was out, I would like to see the original print with the bad CGI. Like, I would pay to go see that. But it's, you know, that's going to be like one of those hard to find. You can only find on eBay prints five yeah. years down the line. Exactly. Like, I want to see that version. <laughs> All right. So that was the grudge coming out this week, January third. Now we're going to move on to Underwater, which is a crew of aquatic researchers working to get to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. But the crew has more than the ocean to fear. It's uh, directed by William Eubank, who I don't know any of his work. Uh, It's from the trailers. You can see Kristen Stewart, TJ Miller, and Jessica Hedwig who you Marvel fans would recognize from the Iron Fist, which I'm curious to see if she'll do any fighting in this. And Vincent Cassell, all you French movie lovers, he's in this film too. Um, I personally wasn't going to watch this movie, but Alamo's doing an early viewing, so I'm tempted to go now. But that's the only thing that's enticing me. <laughs> So this is basically aliens, but in the ocean, right? That's that's what I've heard it described. Very astute. Yes. Um, well, Kristen Stewart is the actress of our generation, so maybe I. Oh God! <laughs> I heard. <laughs> you almost that's made me spit my root beer just now. <laughs> I just want to know who was behind that decision, because clearly they don't know what they're talking about. But anyway. I mean, everybody's allowed to have their opinions. You know, I will say, <laughs> I will say, just this past year, I watched the movie with Christian Stewart. It was um, uh, don't uh, say Lizzie. Charlie Angels. <laughs> no, okay. no, good Lord, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it's a uh, Lizzie. It's a movie just uh, it's called Lizzie. I don't know what uh, what year it came out. It, it's not this year. Oh, uh, with her and Chloe. 
Sep. I cannot ever pronounce her last name. Oh, the um Lizzie Borden movie. Brown yeah. Bunny. Huh? Yeah. Said uh, Brown Bunny. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Her her and uh Chloe. Oh wow. Seth Still... I can't. Divinity? Sorry, Chloe. Yeah, it's a Lizzie Borden movie, and I tell you, as soon as I saw her, I thought, well, this movie just like got knocked down two points. But I was really surprised, and uh, her performance was pretty good, probably because she plays a, a really mousy, soft-spoken person in the movie, yeah. and I think it, it plays to the kind of acting she's good at. <laughs> that is, that's, you know what? You worded that well. That's the least offensive way I could say her acting capabilities are. She played to her strings. Yep. Or she was cast to her strings. Which aren't many. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, she's still getting roles, so directors see something in her. Well, I think that that's one of the things of how she could get actress of the decade or actor of the decade whatever the proper way to say that is, is that she's a child actor that's still working. Macaulay mm-hmm. can't say the same. That is incredibly rude, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Robert Pattinson, on the same token, he's a child actor who's actually an acclaimed actor right now. But he's, but he's a good <laughs> actor. Yeah, he, that's uh, what I'm saying. He, he, he would deserve that title. She's just there. I wonder if he doesn't get it because he's British. Is an American thing? Not or... anything. No, if anything, that's a selling point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they weigh it. Obviously, we're not on any communities or communities. Committees that count. So, our opinions <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the trailers look promising. I don't know. I... Maybe I'll wait till like $5 Tuesday or when it comes out on Redbox, but I don't think I'm going to go to the movies to see it. Yeah, no. I already got my fill with Crawl, so I'm good on water horror for right now. Like I said. Oh, I just saw oh, Crawl this weekend. And? I enjoyed it. I really liked it. So... And it was within your time length, okay? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great creature feature. Um, mm-hmm. I remember Jules wasn't a fan of it, but uh, oh yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm partially biased because one time we're gonna do a flashback story. I went to one Columbia with a couple of friends. <laughs> I was just being camp. At least there was sex. Um, Kaya Scadalero is a British actress and she played in this movie called or TV show called Skins I love that show and I loved her in that show yes Effie so when I was in Columbia it was the only thing playing on television in English so I watched like the whole first season or series however they call it and I was hooked. I came back home, not downloaded it illegally, and <laughs> caught up. 
And the funny thing about that show is you're trying, as an adult, you're trying to describe it to your other adult friends. And you're like, it's like Degrassi, but with more sex and drugs. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. so good, though. But then you realize you're talking about underage characters, and that makes you feel a little pervy. Yeah, that's what I also thought, because there was like, in the first series, there's definitely adult nudity, but mm. then the kids go semi-risque, and I'm yeah. not sure what the age is in London, Britain, or the UK, or whatever, but it seems like they walk that line, and people don't get upset. Right. Yeah, did that's... you watch all three generations? Uh, Yeah, and the, wait, four, right? There was an epilogue afterwards. Oh, yeah, where well, there were, like, like a reunion, sort like a catch-up. Yeah. I yeah, I, w- I was in it. Okay. And I there's was... that horrible American remake of it. And I didn't hate the remake, but I, it was it's limited because it was on MTV on you know American television, so they were limited. But I didn't hate it. But I didn't watch it. I couldn't get into the third generation. I tried. But I think at that point I was I don't know fatigued out by the show. And I want to throw a disclaimer out there, actually, now that we've <laughs> gone across the pervy road. I know that the law is different in the UK. Like, Olivia Hussey, who you guys know from the original Black Christmas, played Juliet, Juliet. at 16 and was topless. So there's something different over there. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not going down for shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so moving on, <laughs> Underwater, if you guys are interested in seeing it, comes out January 10th, 2020. Uh, none of this is plugging or sponsored. I'm just giving you guys the details that are listening at home. Uh, we're not influenced by any studio whatsoever. So yes. the turning, which have you, I have not seen the previews, but my sister was talking to me about this over Christmas. Um... Basically, because she's a Finn Wolfhard fan, and he's in it. <laughs> but a young governess is hired by a man who has become responsible for his young nephew and niece after the deaths of their parents. A modern take on Henry, Henry James' novella, The Turning of the Screw, or The Turn of the Screw. The Shrew. You guys heard anything? I've seen the previews. It looks okay. I mean, I'm confused by it because it's like it goes from like one thing to another. So I'm like, okay, what exactly is this movie about? Where is this movie going? There is some. I see, there was like a couple good like jump scares in the in the trailer, and I'm a fan of Finn too. So maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. I'm just confused on what the movie is actually about or where is it going. I guess I should mention at this point that it was directed by Fiora Sigmoni, <laughs> who the <laughs> only movie I've ever seen of hers is The Runaways, which I did like. Uh, but she is the director behind the Hands May Tale series for those Hulu fans out there. Uh, the movie stars one Finn Wolfhart, Mackenzie Davis, for all you Terminator, whatever we're going to call that one, fans. And introducing <laughs> Brooklyn Price. I'm not knocking the film. I'm just, I just don't know. Because you know how people are like making Halloween 
2018, like Halloween 3, blah, blah, blah. Right. Terminator was trying to do some similar. So I just didn't pay attention to all that hype. I did show my girlfriend Terminator 1, 2, and then she didn't go see 3 with me. <laughs> but now I own Judgment Day on Apple TV. <laughs> Shame. Shame. So, Raul, have you heard anything about this film? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, I have not. Uh, I haven't really heard anything. I don't even know the novella that it's originally based on. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to wait on word of mouth before I decide to see this. I'm I'm a married guy. I'm 31 years old with a three-year-old kid who's turning four in February. So, I don't have a lot of money to, like, go to the movies with. I have to be right. very selective of the movies I go see. How many times have you seen Frozen 2? Oh. I, I've not. He doesn't know that exists. Oh, you're lucky. Oh, good. <laughs> Every time I go to a movie, hey, I just see... Okay, alright. <laughs> Sorry. Do you remember the previews for The Boy? The, the one with uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead? Yeah. I... I remember the movie. I don't know if I actually saw a trailer for it. Okay, because I was say the trailer for that and the trailer for this look very similar. It's oh, okay. Very Is atmospheric. It... Yeah. It takes... It's in London and you have creepy kids. And there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I like the boy. That, that was pretty good as far as a movie where there's almost no blood and no one really dies. Yeah. Which we are going to get to the follow-up film of that pretty soon, actually. I guess spoilers for the boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I, I think it sounds like the turning's going to be a bit of a pass for all of us. It's not high on the list of yeah. priorities. Yeah. It's a maybe for me. Like, it's a, eh. <laughs> We'll see. It depends what's on TV that night. <laughs> it depends how sleepy I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Damn. Um, that is hit in theaters January 24th. Uh, on to something most people should know the bare bones of Gretel and Hansel, which is, I guess, another iteration of Hansel and Gretel. A uh, long time ago, in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into the dark woods in desperate search of food and work, only to stum- stumble upon the nexus of terrifying evil. The one thing that I will take away from this film that has me interested in it is I just learned this last week. The director of this film is Oz Perkins. Do anyone know who he is? Does anyone know who he is? I do. He's Anthony Perkins' son. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and the director of The Black Post Daughter. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. So he's a... Uh, to me, I've been working under the radar, um, or I've just been lazy and not looking up people after I watch films, <laughs> which I normally do, but most people who've seen movie with me, if I'm not in a movie theater, I am constantly looking at my phone, either at Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, or just a blanket at Google search while I'm watching this film to try and understand these people or actors I don't know. Uh, the film does actually star one Sophia Lillis, who you guys will know from It fame and Chapter 2. 
If she's done anything else, I don't know. It's Nancy not... Drew. Oh, Stop. yeah. But I, I was definitely too old and a boy. <laughs> it didn't do that well. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure she did great in it. Just wasn't my demographic. Um, but this is coming out fairly soon thereafter, um, January 31st. Like I said, I feel like I am more likely just to go see it probably on a $5 day. It's not, uh, high on the list. Cause I, I mean, how many times can you retell this? I was talking to someone, I was on a plane traveling back to Virginia the other day and, um, the, I was reading the get out screenplay. I recently acquired it or purchased it. I didn't acquire shit. Uh, <laughs> but they were talking about us, which is it the question of is it in the same universe? Is it a sequel? Will the third one come out and wrap up something like Unbreakable did for M Night? And you get the reveal of how all this is connected. Who knows? Um, but I think that. 20 years from now, and this is not just me being an old person or stick in the mud or whatever, but I don't think I want to see Us or Get Out remade. They better not touch them. I think there's a lot of... I think this was a great year of horror. Independent and mainstream. Some things were for people, some things were not for people. And that's fine. Everyone has an opinion. Love it. Gives us something to talk about. Uh, But in terms of creating new content... I don't know how many times the Hansel and Gretel story can be told. In German, English, whatever other countries it floated to, I think it's time that more storytellers do come up with um, individual stories that we can transcend eventually. Like more Hansel and Gretel get baked? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, oh, I will watch that film, actually. <laughs> But it's, uh, last night I watched Aubrey Hepburn's only horror film. It's called Wait Until Dark. And she plays a blind woman. And these three men are trying to con her to get some heroin out of her house. And after I watched the film, I was kind of like, this isn't really a horror movie. But then I thought about it. And I was like, it's 1967. So like, Return of the Living Dead, or Night of the Living Dead hadn't even come out yet. So home invasion is probably pretty scary for a lot of people. And why it got billed as a horror movie. Um, But then my mind instantly went to, and I'm not sure if it's a derivative work. I've never purchased this film. I've never seen the bonus features or whatever. But then Panic Room is kind of the same premise as Wait Until Dark, where Kristen Stewart, actress of the century, (laughs) um, is stuck in a house with Jodie Foster. And these men are trying to get something out of their house, but then the the women are a witness to it. And they're stuck in this panic room. It's almost the same thing, just a modern version. But I, if any horror director gives a shit about what I say, you know, give us something new where people can't pick your shit apart. Black Christmas is getting rung through the ringer. I think it would have been <laughs> fine if you just didn't take that title. If you didn't use that moniker of Black Christmas, you could have had your own, spoiler alert, supernatural film. I agree. Um, I'm going to step down off my soapbox and give you guys an opportunity to speak. But <laughs> no, I just I, have to say that. 
I agree with you, especially because that's why I really, I really fuck with like foreign films because they're so original, and it's not like, like remakes and all that stuff. Like they come up with their own crap, and it's mm-hmm. really good. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, until Ari Aster, there has never been an American director to give me as much as anxiety as some of the Korean or Japanese horror makers. Like, I cannot watch uh, Audition to this day without pausing that shit. Oh my god. It just fucks with me. And it's gotta be, what, 19, 18 years now? And I know it's coming, but it's still, I can't get over it. Right. I I still think of that scene with the trash bag and the dog bowl. Oh, god damn. But yeah, it's just like, what is it that we need, like, we need to do to improve our movies? Like, I, well, like they I run think out it's a ideas. Twenty two or... is that before you know, I don't, I don't know when television was invented, but let's say a blanketed nineteen twenty statement. There was no accurate documentation of stuff. Like everything was hearsay. There was no proof. If you said it, it was true for the most part. Unless you had some type of parchment paper with a seal that someone else verified, a notary. Um, you know, everything just floated through by whoever told the story. Like, all of us have played telephone in some grade somewhere in America. And it proves the point every time. Whatever the first message is, it's not the same at the end. And that's to where all of our folklore is gone for the world, I assume. Um, but... With that being said, that that's the challenge. Maybe we don't need 40 new movies every year. Maybe we just need 10, 20 quality ones. But I think that'll never happen. It's unrealistic. <laughs> uh, every streaming uh, revenue needs content. So it's like, I just found out IMDb has their own television. But it's only oh, yeah. if you have a Fire Stick or whatever. So it's like, which makes sense because Amazon owns it. But like you can't get that on Apple. You can't get that on Google. You have to have an Amazon product to watch it. Or Ash, you introduced me to Tubi, which I frequent all the time. Tubi but I is the new existed before like September or whatever. Anyway, you know, I've said my piece. Uh, <laughs> on on the subject of, of remakes. I know it's I'm I'm on the unpopular side of this opinion, but mm-hmm. I I'm a remake reimagining apologist. I mean, I I love give me every version of uh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. Just just give me all of it. Like I might not love all of it, but if it exists, I'm gonna watch it. And I'm right. probably, even if I don't love it, I'll probably enjoy at least some of it. Um, honestly, Friday the 13th, uh, the 2009 one, I yeah. thought it was pretty friggin' awesome. Like, I, I really enjoy that movie about as much as I enjoy, um, any movie of the original, um, uh, series, but I, the, the way I look at it is it's like, uh, it's like the cover of a song or different iterations of a comic book superhero. Like, mm-hmm. Like there can always be the the Batman, the Bruce Wayne that I know and love, but 
there's also Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond or Thomas oh, Wayne. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, there's, there's these other iterations, there's other variants of the Batman character that yes. are awesome in and of themselves and they don't take away from any of the original material but if you like them go for it man i actually agree with I you agree. on that yeah yeah i i um i am a devout jason x fan <laughs> i feel a lot of people don't agree with it um, oh i agree then Jason goes to hell. <laughs> yes. And I, I think that the things that we experience that some people consider bad in a franchise are days of old. Because now someone, you don't have to placate the system. Like, Jason goes to hell was just made literally to stall because they couldn't come on an agreement of Freddy versus Jason. So right. they're like, we got to give people something so they stay interested. Same thing almost with Jason X as well um but i think that now we live in a day and age where it doesn't matter um whether your idea gets picked up by a big studio or not and what i like i can't think of it it's escaping me right now but there is a independent filmmaker that made a new friday the 13th and it did really well you guys know what i'm talking about was I like don't go in the woods alone or something? Yeah, like uh, don't walk never, alone or something. Don't, don't, don't never, hike in the woods. Hike alone. Yeah. Don't hike never, in the woods. Like, I was thinking. Never hike alone. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> Alright, so all of us butchered it. <laughs> um So they made this film, Kickstarter or whatever the other one's called, budget, and they were able to do well. And now they're making a sequel of a failed concept that people, whoever those people are, reject it of Jason attacks people in the snow. So Never Hike Alone gets a sequel where Jason's killing people in the snow. And now we get that because we can donate money to make sure this happens. And whether you like it or not, there were, I don't know, 10,000 fans that gave their own money to be able to see this. And I love that about our community now. It's supposed to, you know, we read all these rumors about Scream was supposed to be this or Friday 13th, 13 was supposed to be like this. And now it's like, yeah, we read those screenplays and some content makers are out there be like, let's just do it. Like, no one owns it. Let's do it. Which I love. Yeah. But while we're on the subject of people taking other people's IPs... The next film is a Blumhouse film, uh, quite notably famous for snatching up any and everything. Fantasy <laughs> Island will be debuting on the theatrical screens this Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I really don't know anything about it other than it's a theatric adaptation of the TV show. Obviously, it's going to be more towards geared towards horror. But all I can tell from the spoiler alert trailer is that people get to live out their fantasies with the dark twist. You guys seen this? Any Portugal Double Day fans? Or yeah, 
I like the trailer, but I'm not too familiar with the TV show, so I don't know how how faithful it is or how it will be to the TV show. Um, other than a t- you know the change in tone. I don't know if Devin's gonna watch it because it's supposed to be two hours and thirty six minutes. So are you serious? Oh, yep. <laughs> You're already out. I'm out. I mean, it, it has a good, good. It has a good cast. I mean, you have Lucy Hale, Maggie Q, Portia, Michael Rooker's in it. Michael Pena's all, in it too. Yeah. Short films that are really good. And Kyle emphasis on the shorter film, film part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued, but. You know, after Black Christmas, Truth or Dare, uh, anything but The Purge and Halloween that Blumhouse has released lately hasn't really uh, hit a home run for me personally. So I'm skeptical. But then I remember... Did you, not see, did you not see Sweetheart? I have not seen Sweetheart yet. That was pretty oh. good. I enjoyed right. that one a lot. Minus Sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> it looks so like Lucy about? Hale's trying out again. I mean, because she was in Truth or Dare. And she's going to be in another Blumhouse film. So maybe she'll struck gold with this one. But... Uh, I think it all depends. Because uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not against teenagers enjoying horror movies at all. But this film is yet to be rated. And Truth or Dare is rated PG-13. And you can tell, by, if nothing else, by the sex scenes, there was more going on in the film and they cut it out. And there could have been more gore or whatever and they just edited it better than Black Christmas was edited because that was atrocious. Um, <laughs> so I think that if this film was shot as an R and then they dumb it down to a 13, it's just going to suffer the Black Christmas curse. Um, I really... I think studios need to pay attention to their demographic. There isn't a person in the world that's ever watched a horror movie that's like, oh, it's rated R, I'm 11 years old, I can't watch it. That's how half of us watched films originally. We snuck it. We went to Blockbuster, we went to Movie Gallery, or whatever your place was called, got someone's older brother or sister to get you the tape, and you watched it. Or you snuck into your parents' TV room and turned it on late night and watched it. Like, teenagers will find a way to see it. I personally don't think people get carded at movie theaters anyway, so what does it matter? No, not anymore. You just yeah. show them, like, your app and have them scan the ticket and you're, you're in. So just give us the gore and stop worrying about teenager sales. I mean, especially with how the teenagers are nowadays. Like, come on, this is nothing to them. No, I literally work in schools and I see worse walking on the stairwell. Same Every here. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It looks okay, but I think it's going to be a pass for me. Bro? Well, it says uh, off this popular 70s TV show. I, I, don't, I don't know what this TV show was. Uh, what was the premise of the TV show? Um, you get to go to this island and they make all your dreams come true. And within 30 minutes, 
they wrap it up. There's some adversity, but not like dark adversity. Oh, so they're probably taking a lot of a lot of liberties with the premise then. Yeah, like your dream was to spend time with your dead wife again, and they just bring back the zombie wife instead of the wife that you remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speculatory. So I just made that up. So it's it's a monkey's paw type thing. So they'll like grant you your wish, but it's it's like consequences. A, yeah, uh, un- yeah. Unforeseen consequences of whatever you wanted isn't what, what whatever you get isn't exactly what you wanted. Right. Okay. Uh, no, probably not. Yeah, that's gonna be a red box yeah. for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a pass for me, and that's only because I'm not that familiar with the TV show, and you know. But I, I have a strong. I believe this film will be PG-13. I'd be surprised if it's not PG-13. And you know that <clears throat> it would. It, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it's PG-13. Blumhouse has a model, and it works. Shoot a film for under ten million dollars on average, and recoup that in the first two weekends. Make it worldwide if you think it's gonna do. Pro- Poorly, Plumhouse always gets his money back. He hasn't had like a true flop, just underperforming, but not a true flop. Because he's not losing any money. He's just building clout. So good on you, Jason. So you would say that Black Christmas wasn't a true flop? Uh, No, it made its money in the first week. Oh, wow. Or uh, it recouped his budget. I'm not sure what they were hoping to make. Um, but they really benefited from a worldwide release instead of just... And maybe because they knew. Great marketing. It's like, hey, if America starts talking about how bad this film is, we're never going to make the money in New Zealand where it was filmed. So let's just do a worldwide release. Everyone could talk about it at once, but we already make our money. So... <clears throat> That comes out Valentine's Day of 2020, moving right along to the aforementioned The Boy 2. After family moves to Hillshire Mansion, their young boy soon makes friends with the lifelike doll, Brahms. Um, I believe the first boy was modeled after Robert the Doll. For those of you who are fans of Robert the Doll, the real life doll, it's directed by William Brent Bell. Katie Holmes is back. Uh, Ralph Ensign, oh, Wayne Yaman, and Anhel J. I apologize if I messed up all your names. I'd love to have you on the show and we can talk about it phonetically. <laughs> so, Devin, you're a fan of the boy 100%. Are you looking forward to this? Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoy The Boy. It's not a film that I thought needed a sequel. Um, I'm happy that Katie Holmes is getting work. Um, but I won't be seeing this in theaters. I really don't see that happening. But I am looking forward to the film nonetheless. just not in theaters. Yeah, this is actually quite a quick sequel it's uh the original was in 2016 2014 i skipped a whole year 2016 2015 um i was a fan of it or i wasn't a fan of it i watched it once and i've never seen it again so it's definitely not high on my list of things to watch again 
Yeah, has nothing true. to do with it being PG-13. It's just, I'll wait till it comes on video. Alright. I I wasn't a big fan of the first one, but like Devin, I'm excited for Katie Holmes to be in a movie again. And I think I think she does a pretty good job in horror movies because I really did enjoy her in Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. So it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to see her be in another really? horror movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that movie was awful. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yes. It was horrible, but I like seeing her in like in a horror movie. Wasn't that the movie seen... with the fairies that come out of the basement? Yeah, like yeah. the little creatures. <laughs> did you see her in The Gift? I did. I thought that movie really show, showcased her talents as an actress. I mean, she was really good in that movie. Right. So, I mean, I like her in, like, suspenseful and horror and all that stuff. So, I mean, I'm going to pass on this movie, but I'm happy that she's in a movie again. <laughs> now, see, I thought you would rep another Ohioan hard. But I know I should, too. but I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Bro? Um, well, I, I I enjoyed the boy. I remember when I watched it, um, the, there's a there's a twist in there at the very end that that got me and and it's hard to say that with a lot of movies um i i I can usually see a twist coming pretty far away um even i mean one of the biggest twists of the year i think uh, was in us by jordan peele um and i called that twist probably 10 minutes into the movie um yeah i I felt pretty proud about it but uh, honestly, there's a twist in this movie that I did not see coming, and that, I think, stuck with me pretty well. But uh, that being the highlight of the movie, I can't imagine the second one, a sequel to it, being as good as the as the first one. So uh, I'll, I'll probably wait to stream it or something. I mean, the, the first one was on Netflix, so this one will probably hit it, too. Because they haven't released a trailer for this one yet, have they? I wouldn't know. I arrived at theaters late on purpose. (laughs) I haven't seen yet. I don't Uh, think they have. No, no, they've just released stills. Okay. All right, well then, moving right along, we're back at the Blumhouse with The Invisible Man. Um, You guys may remember this from the 1950s, 60s. I do not know the original date. Uh, but Blumhouse. I like is how Gray said. I like how Gray said. Y'all may remember this from the fifties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, I well, I mean, I was that scared. <laughs> I, I try to give some dates so people can go look it up because I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove she is being haunted by someone no one can see. Um, I have not seen the original Invisible Man. 
in I don't know how long. So I can't speak to that film. But what I do remember is the Kevin Costner, damn it, Kevin Kevin Bacon. Bacon. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to (laughs) stop. Hollow Man, yeah. Yes, Hollow Man, which I did like that film. Uh, I loved it. I'm curious to see if Blumhouse can reinvent the wheel again, which would be great. I don't know if he's going to revive the failed Dark Universe and bring back the Universal Monsters, which, by the way, I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I'm animated about this. Chucky is a Universal Monster. He deserves his face up there with all the OGs as well. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Agreed. But this is directed by Lee Wanell. Um, I'm sure all you guys know by now. Adopted from H.E. Wells' original book starring Elizabeth Moss. Um, Aldous Hodge, Oliver Jackson, people I don't really know, but Elizabeth Moss is good. <laughs> Thoughts, <laughs> comments? <coughs> well, I, I'm actually really intrigued for this movie. I, I've i never seen any of the original versions of the movie, so I'm not, I'm coming out of a blank slate. But it seems to be a really interesting premise, and um, Aldous Hodge, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. So, it's um, not bad to look at. Yeah, him and uh, the actual Invisible Man, Oliver Jackson Cohen, I think. They're, uh, they're looking young men. So <laughs> I, this might actually be a theatrical film for me. Not just because of them, but the movie itself looks good. Yeah, it does look really good. I'm, I'm definitely going to go see it in movies and theaters. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, Lee Wan is a really, really good director. I mean, um, did you guys see Upgrade? Ooh. Oh, yeah. And Insidious Chapter 3? These are really good movies. So, hot, yeah, I... hot take. Um, hot take. Insidious 1 and 2 is a better story of a loving husband getting possessed by an evil entity... <laughs> And trying to kill his family is a is a better version of that than The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. Whoa. What are you talking about? <laughs> Good thing Jules isn't here. Raul is coming out here like with guns blazing, man. I love it. Oh, we're gonna have to bring him <laughs> back for sure. <laughs> no, um. Hmm. Well, you know what? If, you're, if we're talking about the 1980 version of The Shining, I can actually agree with that because Jack Nicholson started out looking unhinged in that movie. Yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. the remake, he started out, you know, more as an everyday show and you saw his descent, much like in the Insidious films. That's an interesting thing. I never thought about that. Yeah, no. The, so that I, I'm not a fan of The Shining. The, the the Jack Nicholson version and it's not anything Jack Nicholson did his acting is great it's just that from the first scene he's in he, I, I always thought this is a guy that's going to kill his family like I never got uh-huh. uh, a sense that he was a loving <laughs> father that he gave a crap about anyone except himself I never got that so when he when he went crazy and tried to kill everyone 
it was more in character than out of character because I thought, well, yeah, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. But like, oh, this is just an everyday thing with him. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a really good take. I never, I never put those two together. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. I am, I am interested. I w- well, first, I will go see The Invisible Man because uh, Lee Wan Nell, I'm not sure if it's 100% official, but he's supposed to take the helm for the reincarnation of Escape from New York. So I'm sure some of that has to do with how successful this film does. And I want to support that because if you are, have the big enough balls to take on a John Carpenter film, I'm all for it. So we're gonna have like Paging the invisible. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Under the guidance of the Blumhouse Factory. How about that? Okay. So that'll exclude Mr. Zombie. So okay. how you do know... you guys feel about a possible invisible woman if Elizabeth Banks gets her way? I yeah, heard it was I... announced. Yeah. So it's not going to be connected to the Invisible Man. It's not going to be produced as a sequel or spinoff. So it gives me faith that they're not just jumping the gun and rushing a sequel. Because I do think that Elizabeth Banks is a really strong writer and director. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open. Yeah, you know, I just I said it earlier. Give me, give me all the versions of everything. <laughs> I would like it if I knew the premise, maybe. Alright. See, I mean, I'm open to it, but I kind of have a feeling it's like a... Like, it's only happening so it could be like a big F you. Because, like, the whole, like, Charlie's Angels... Well, yeah, I don't want it to be that. That's exactly... Yeah, I really don't... I'm glad you said it first. (laughs) Oh, I Um, I kind of want it to be that. No, I want it to be, if she's directing and writing, I don't want her to be a producer. I need there to be another voice in control. Because I think that's what happened to Charlie's Angels. I, I, she's a great director, or a good director, whatever you want to say, that's not, it's not a bias thing. Um, but I think when you control a majority of the content, it's hard to produce quality work. Because you need that. You need other people saying, hey, don't do that. Even if you think it's a great idea, it's like, I. it's rumored that Seth Rogen only does good work when he's high as shit. So it's like, if you're talking to him sober, you might not like what he's thinking about super bad. But when he's high as shit, you get a very good super bad. I love that movie. Hmm. <laughs> so was he sober when he did a guilt trip? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he also got to work with uh, stage and theatrical royalty, so it mm. could have just been like a bucket list thing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so that was The Invisible Man releasing February 28th, 2020. And on to the most uh-oh. I've been looking for. He is clapping. <laughs> because there is no sound in this movie. <laughs> a Quiet Place 2. 
<laughs> Dang, um, that was that kind of hurt my ears. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my bastard <laughs> hates you. <laughs> um, John Kr- Krasinski returns, or Jim, uh, to direct. And I'm not sure if he wrote this or not. I don't have that down. Um, he did. Okay. Following up the events of the original A Quiet Place, Emily Blunt, her children, Silly Murthy, and uh, Noah Jope, um, and Amistad guy. I really shouldn't call him that. Hold on. Gmod too. Yes, I was Googling. <laughs> uh, Milton Simmons. Um, all are coming to give us the follow-up film to this. I am very excited for it. Last, or not last year, two years ago when it debuted, I had the privilege of going to see it at South by Southwest. And I'm not sure if you guys have Alamo Draft House listeners and or co-hosts in your cities. There were very strict rules about no cell phones and no talking. So if you can imagine your worst night, like I lived in Atlanta for quite some time. And I never fucking enjoyed watching a movie. But if you can imagine being in a theater where it's already, you will get kicked the fuck out if you're playing on your phone or if you're talking or whatever, to have absolute silence while watching this film. It was like no other movie going experience at the time that I ever experienced. It was wonderful. It made it that much more magnanimous. Um, so. I don't know if I'll see it in Alamo this year because I live in Virginia now, not Austin. Although we do have an Alamo draft house, but it's not really the same. They charge a lot more money for some fucked up reason. But <laughs> I'll talk about that another day. <laughs> what are you guys' opinions on it? Great. This movie's going to flop terribly. I hate to Shut up! No. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh... uh... I wasn't as big of a fan of the first one as most people were, so this isn't a movie I feel like I need to run out to the theater to see. But, um... Sure. Sure, I'll watch it. <laughs> that was the most nonchalant answer. <laughs> we know deep down inside you, you feel like it's gonna flop, so it's okay. <laughs> so I don't think it's gonna flop, but I am, I am curious as what the execution is going to be like. And it also stars Brian Tyree Henry. From... No, no. He, he dropped out. He was oh, like he did. Diamond. Or... Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to say his name's Damon. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't know he dropped out. Okay. All right. Well, never Yeah, he I replaced really... him. Don't have much motivation. Okay. Well, <laughs> sure. Oh, It'll be on Amazon Prime by the end of the year. So. Right. And oh, I will man. still watch that right after I finish Jack Ryan. <laughs> what was that, Raul? I, I didn't know that uh, Killian Murphy's uh, in in the fireplace too. That's pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I need to look at look at that cast list again. Huh? I don't know. You guys I, can tell. I'm super excited. I. So, is this the movie you're most excited about for the year, Gray? No, no way. Oh, okay. I said super excited. You can't I'm answer not that question. Play that card early. <laughs> I mean, I'll see it, but like with the first first film, I felt like it was overhyped. But I mean, it was a good film. Don't get me wrong. 
I just felt like there's just too much. Oh my god, it's the best film ever! Like it was just too hyped for me. Yeah. But I am Same. looking forward to see where they're going to take it with the second one. Are Especially you telling like, me? Spoiler uh, alert! <laughs> I'm the only person that cried when John sacrificed himself for his family. I yes. didn't cry. I just sat there. <laughs> you know what? I thought that was a real dumb move. Like I'm pretty. I, I can't remember that that uh, that scene exactly right now, but I I think I remember he was holding something, and I when he started screaming, I thought, why didn't he just throw that somewhere where it would make noise? Well, he didn't have time to think. He his he's worried about his children, and that was the best he could do. God damn it! I hate you all. <laughs> I mean, I like the movie better when it's called Bird Box. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> you know what? Moving right along. <laughs> we just crushed this dream. Like, we crushed it. Hey, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Thank you. Thank you. As you've been waiting for this for two and a half years, the New Mutants yeah. already has another release date. Of April 3rd. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens. Um, right. Five young mutants just discovering their abilities will held in a, while held in a secret facility against their will, fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Directed by Josh Boone, starring Aya Taylor-Joy, Maisley Williams, Antonio Banderas, and Elise, Elise, Alice Braga, who you guys may remember from I Am Legend. That's the only thing I know her from, but I love that movie. She's done other things since then. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually my mother's birthday, uh, which I will not be seeing it with her, but I'm just saying. Hey, Mom, I remember. (laughs) Is this under the... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to let Ash go first since she's Sorry. definitely looking forward to this. Like I said in our last episode, I'm going to need them to stop playing with my emotions and actually go through with this film. Because it's been like t- over two years since they dropped the trailer and they said like the release date. So just just let it happen. I'll be there opening night. But, but how many times I- have they set a release date for it though? Goodness, like couple times because like they set the release date and they're like oh no forget it like we're just gonna have Hulu buy the rights for it and stream it on their service so (laughs) I'm not sure what happened with that deal but if it actually comes out I'm gonna be thankful for it now this movie came out when I was still watching trailers so I've seen the trailer for this movie and it's badass like i'm really excited for this movie if i ever get to watch it um but i'll i don't know that to me that that release date means absolutely nothing to me and I, i'll believe it when i'm sitting down watching the movie. right because i know like they they delayed it a couple times to like do a bunch of reshoots to make it more like frightening and everything so but I mean, Disney got the rights, so... Yeah, I think this one is more of a casualty of the merger. They didn't know how to market it, where it would fit in, uh, because they knew what may or may not happen. We're supposed to get a new trailer uh, 
January 6th. Right. Though, that might shed some light into the re-edits or the reshoots and see if it has any tie-in officially to Marvel Universe. Um, which hopefully it will. But we'll see. But like, yeah, like, because before it was delayed because of Deadpool 2. So, like Deadpool and then what was that horrible, um, Dark Phoenix. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like Raul said, like, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I'll try not to get too excited. But I really want this movie to happen. Oh, me Which too. I, I don't know yet. Ash, has it been rated? Um, that I don't know. I think they were trying, they were going along with like a rated R, but I have a feeling it's going to be dropped to like a PG-13. I'll be surprised if it's rated R though. Well, hopefully Deadpool has set precedent that people will still watch rated R Marvel films, or I guess this is technically still Fox. It'll be interesting to see what the title credit shows whether it'll be a Fox or a Disney uh, logo. But um, you know, we'll see. If 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 the movie is rated R, I'd be very surprised if there's a Disney logo at the at the beginning of it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's interesting like, like is this under the Marvel banner? I think it should be, but because it was shot beforehand it may not be because of the they didn't own mutants back then. It's kind of like what they did in Spider-Man, uh, the most recent one. They didn't say the snap. They said the blip. Like, they avoided talking about the Marvel stuff as Mar- Marvel identified it. Um, because, as you saw, Spider-Man thought they could break away and be fine. And that lasted all of two months before they were like, no, we still need Marvel. No one's going to watch fucking Spider-Man if he's not connected to the MCU. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. Um, I, w- I will still go see it. I'm not up on it to date like you are, Ash, but I <laughs> am excited for the first, quote, horror movie of uh, the MCU and or uh, Fox Mutant Network. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's move right on to later in April. We have Antebellum, which is marketed as from the producer of Get Out and Us, but it is not by Jordan Pell. Um, In case anyone else was confused, there were other producers on those two films, and they produced this film. Not taking anything from them, but I just hate when people try to be sneaky like that. Um, a successful author, Veronica, finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and where she must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Um, from what I can tell from the trailer, I've actually seen the trailer for this, is that there is some type of time continuum of flipping back and forth. I don't want to give too much away if you guys haven't seen the trailers, but it is directed by Gerard Bush and Christopher Rintz, starring one Janelle Monet, Eric Lang, Jenna Malone, and Jack Houston. Where are you guys at on this? I'm excited for it. I cannot wait. And I'm a big Janelle Monet fan too. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I really like Janelle Monae as an actress. I mean, I like her as a singer, but I really, really like her as an actress even more. And I'm not entirely sure what this movie's about, but I am happy to see, you know, especially women of color leading horror films. Um, and it, I, I like the fact that they're not giving away a lot in the trailer. It seems right. to deal with trauma, but I'm not exactly sure whose trauma it is because there's two different time periods going on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This is a in the movie theaters watch for me. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like in the rent, like, because I mean, it is produced by the people like behind Get Out and Us. So I definitely have a feeling it's going to be in the realms of that, like in that universe. Mm-hmm. And, and that def like, those two films definitely brought in the money like they're on to something with that kind of kind of realm so i'm i'm hoping this film does well i have a feel i mean i have a feeling they're going to do pretty great with it so Roll. uh well i don't know a whole lot about this movie from what you guys were saying it sounds more like a like a like a like a like a real think piece, like a social commentary type thing. Um, I don't know. I I, I could be down. Um, I'm trying to look at some stills on IMDb, but all they have are four different versions of the cover. Right. Um, I think someone said it's based on a book. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but yeah, the marketing's being really cagey, which I like. I am a little concerned about the. Uh, the, that little tag from the producers of Get Out and Us, um, kind of, I don't know, maybe they're afraid that the movie doesn't have its own legs to stand on and they're trying to bank on the success of other films without actually putting Jordan Peele's name on it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, that that does kind of uh, make me second guess it a little bit, but I mean, not a whole lot, I mean... I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll just have to wait till it comes out. I hear more, a little more about it, and maybe it's a, it's a maybe. Yeah. I know I they only have like that one trailer, and like on on Facebook, it's like the full trailer is out now. Click to watch it. It's the same trailer they had out before, so <laughs> they already playing with my emotions. But I'm all for it. I, I see the time for the trailer is only one minute long, which. Hopefully that means that they don't reveal a whole lot in it. Is that is that true? Yeah, they actually don't. I'm yeah. still confused on what yeah. <laughs> exactly no is about. about. Yeah. What do you say? Well, they're they're on the trailer to watch. What was that? Would you say that this is a safe trailer to watch? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going there on the strength of Janelle Monet leading horror movie. I have no idea what this movie's about. And it, there's even a little description on IMDb, which it's just it's vague as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, the it'll be interesting. Um, Sean McCurtrick is the producer that is not listed. He's just going about the other things, but um, he did produce Donnie Darko, um, which I am a fan of. He's also produced, obviously, Get Out, Black's Klansman, Us, and a little shitbox film called The Box, if you guys remember that, from 09. Um, Is that the one with Cameron Diaz? Correct. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, he he has the producing chops. He probably knows a good thing when he sees it. So I will be seeing this in theaters, but I don't agree with the way it's being marketed. That's why we got to oh. keep on spreading the word about it. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of spreading the word, the upcoming new Saw project, which is yet to be titled, but has a release date of May 15th, we know it was written by and stars Chris Rock, but we haven't been given any more details than Samuel L. Jackson will play his father. Are you guys drawn, intrigued by this, or are you already scorned by the Saw franchise? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes because, I mean, Chris Rock says he's a big fan of the series. So I feel like anytime we have like a diehard fan of a, of a franchise getting behind the movie and starring in it, it's going to bring a lot to it. Rob Zombie's so. Halloween, too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I interested. think that's the better of the two. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there, as of right now, the movie is called um, The Organ Donor, and that saw nine or whatever number it is. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry for the background noise. So that gives me faith that they're pushing that this is going to be more of a spinoff or more of a, you know, in the universe of Saw as opposed to a direct sequel. Um, I, I, and, and you're not going to get Samuel L. Jackson for Saw 9. You know what I mean? So they're, they're, I think the script is probably stronger than some of the more recent sequels. And I actually just posted the picture. Of, I, I believe it's the first teaser poster for the movie on I Need You Jesse yesterday. So jesse.com you say? I just <laughs> <said> that. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is some connection with the original series, but it, based on the title and the talent that's involved, I think they're pushing this into a different direction. And also, I don't see Darren Bowsman um, coming back to do Saw 9 after he did, you know, I think Saw 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. I mean, I think that based on the just fact that Chris Rock wrote something and intrigued them enough to flesh it out and produce it. And as far as I remember, it's in post-production. So he pitched this idea, what, last spring? And got it made, and it's coming out in less than a year. I think that there has to be some meat to it, to where they're like, yeah, let's revive the franchise. Because Jigsaw was not satisfying at all. I didn't hate it. It just didn't bring anything new to the series. Was... If Jigsaw would have came after Saw 3, I would have been for it. But after we have six or seven films, I w- it wasn't for me. Yeah, I think Jigsaw was probably one of the weakest. But I will say, I'm I'm excited for this one. I mean, even if it's not a direct sequel to the Saw movies, if it's more of a spinoff, like you say... Um, just to see Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock in a Saw type movie, I'm I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that brings me to something I know most everyone's in definitely intrigued about. It's Candyman. The spiritual sequel, as it's being called to the 1992 cult classic film, 
um, in Cabrini Greens, Chicago? Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's no longer there, but yeah, that's where Cabrini Green was. Yes. Um, Devin, why don't you tell us who stars in it? So I thought Lakeith, uh, Lakeith Stanfield was in the film, but he's been replaced by Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Yes. Um, as the character of Anthony. And if you saw the first film, Anthony was the little baby that Candyman kidnapped. Yep. Um, right, so he's this character grown up. Um, and Tony Todd is coming back as Candyman. I, 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 I'm looking forward to this movie because it, it doesn't seem to be... It is a spiritual sequel, but it seems to not be a, re- a repeat of the original film. Like they're almost trying to go into a different direction because they're talking about gentrification and, you know, and Candyman has, is always, has always been a story about race and class, and, you know, in the, in the trilogy. This yeah. is the first time predominant, most of the cast is actually black. So it's interesting to see what angle, how they're going to approach this film where Candyman's object of affection is not a white woman. It seems to be he's being admired by this Anthony character, who and he's being manifested in Anthony's artwork because he's an artist in this film. So I'm I, I'm looking forward to the film. I wonder if they're going to stick with the title of Candyman, or if they're going to call it something else. Well, what do you think they should call it? Do you have any ideas? I, I mean, I'm okay with Candyman Four, but I'm just I'm a little over these later sequels. Just you know, re- you know, reappropriating the original film's names, like Halloween or Final Destination, you know, just... Right. I'm okay with the numbered sequel. Maybe Hello to the Flesh. I like that. Hey. I like that. Hey. Yeah. That. Or Sweets to the Sweet. Something like that. I know <laughs> the working title is um, Ashes to Ash, I believe. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that what they're filming it as. Yeah. I want Let's my check. Let's start Paris in the movie, and she's a really, really strong actress. I like to see her getting work. So. I'm curious if she's a red herring. Like, I would like to see if this new iteration of Candyman is pansexual or uh, non-identifying. Oh, Just boy. because if you guys have ever... Clive Barker's originally, original book, Book of the Blood... Um, or books of the blood, I think. Like it isn't like straight male on female type conclusion. And not saying that that has to be a thing, but like that book was written a long time ago. So I think it's fitting like if we bring more characters to the forefront of like things don't have to be man on woman desires. So Candyman wasn't identified as a male in the original story. No, he's identified as a male, but it isn't a straight thing. Like he's just passionate about revenge. It isn't passionate oh. necessarily about a woman. Okay. And I just want to clarify when you say the character doesn't have to be a male, and I said, "Oh boy, I wasn't referencing that. I was referencing I didn't want Tiana Paris to play a villain. That's that's what they can." Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you like know, the Pinhead character was originally a woman. It was just called the priestess or something like that in the original book. So it's like things get the male narrative just because that's what white males wanted back in the day. But well, it's like, yeah, I don't think it has to be the, the way anymore. 
What's interesting is Tony Todd is listed, his character's name is listed as Sticks, not Candyman on IMDb. So maybe earlier reports that Yaya of Dualmatine playing Candy, taking over the role of Candyman might actually be true. Who knows? Oh, I know like Wikipedia still had him under Candyman. And I'm looking what? on IMDb and I got Yaya does not have a character name next to his, but Tony Todd does as Sticks. And yeah. there's a Helen Lyle in this movie as well. Oh, so you think there's a flashback? I think so. So, in Coleman Domingo, Coleman Domingo is in this movie, who has, he, he could play Candyman. He has a very deep, effective voice. Are you Candyman? Okay, Jordan. <laughs> Shit, not my broke ass. <laughs> <laughs> He was in a Selma, right? Yep, he yeah. was in Selma. He's in okay. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen any Walking Dead spinoffs, originals, other than the first episode. Damn. Because I thought I might be in it. That was my only thing. Oh. Aww. <laughs> I used to work at Zoo Atlanta, which the jail in the first episode is right in front of Zoo Atlanta. Anyway, fun fact. Moving on. Candyman in theaters June 12, 2020. Uh, Ash, you are a big Gigi fan. But are you a Purge fan? The TV series? No, this is the fifth and final installment of the theatrical series. Okay. I... I do like this... I do like the, the film, like the franchise... I'm just I feel I feel like they could have stopped after like probably two maybe but I mean I'm still I still watch the movies I still kind of enjoy them so are they actually coming out with another one yeah Everardo Gout uh, directed it and it has a bunch of people I do not know their names uh, right off Ana de la Riguera I have the worst Spanish accent. I'm sorry. Um, Susie Adamant, Technot Hereta, and Gregory Zaragorza. Again, I apologize. I know I'm nowhere close. But it seems like they might be taking a turn like, um, what was that? Horrible, horrible film that you guys like so much that I do not. Uh, it has no. Katie in it. Paranormal God, Activity? Yes. The Mark Oh, oh that's the Devin's Blanks. favorite. <laughs> Yo, I Pretty dig that fight. movie. <laughs> the Mark ones is so good. It is way I never good. finished it. Oh my gosh. How dare you? <laughs> I am not a fan of the Mark ones. Um, I do like Paranormal Activity. I watched it. I watched them all. I'm just not. I just think the series was dead. It has nothing to do with that iteration of it. Um, which I thought even the last Purge right now is very similar to Twenty One Bridges. Like I feel like they just made Twenty One Bridges the cop version of the first Purge. If I, anyone has seen both those movies? I haven't. I have not seen Twenty One Bridges. 
I do oh. like how an IMDb under the trivia for The Purge 5, it says Jason Blum talked to Sylvester Stallone about starring in the movie. What? Why? That didn't even make any sense. <laughs> he tried it. <laughs> All right, we're getting a little too ridiculous. Blonde. Is that really like, there? <laughs> it's really there. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You well, know what? If that's true, I'm glad actors can separate their personal opinions versus work, I guess. If you don't bring it to set, I guess. Mm. I don't know any other way to excuse that. Why, Sylvester Stallone would turn down the Purge 5? No, Sylvester Stallone recently has made some anti-Latino, Latina uh, statements. He's oh, I didn't so, know that. Well, yeah, I, which made the last Rambo so ironic. Yeah, that's uh, I you know I saw the last Rambo in theater at the at the Dollar Theater, uh, here close to me. <laughs> and, and I tell you, it was um, seeing Rambo kind of go ape shit on a bunch of Mexicans was like, ooh, I don't know if that's good. I mean, yeah, it was a bunch of like. Like uh, people, human trafficking cartels and whatnot, but still, you know, it, it kind of paints most Mexicans in a bad light, you know? Like, right. there's not good Mexican in the movie. I mean, yeah, like, we don't need that image. The president is already putting that image out there. We don't need this image of some 95 year old white American guy being the savior from. A bunch of Mexicans coming over. The movie would be ten times better if it was actually the president instead of Rambo. Because <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I'm not going to say that out loud. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> Let's just press forward. Uh, the next movie, I'm gonna, I'm going to skip down a bit to. The Conjuring 3, a.k.a. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, directed by Michael Chavez, uh, Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry, those are the stars. <laughs> Julian Hillard. Um, so Vera and Patrick both return for this. Uh, uh, Michael Chavez. The Curse of La Llorona. Yes, sir. Which I was a fan of. I know not everyone was. Fuck that but... movie. Right. <laughs> oh my god. I have seen so many versions of La Llorona uh, reincarnated. I thought that this <laughs> one was really good. I don't think really? that it was bad. I thought you didn't like it. No, I did. Oh. It wasn't like... Did you like it? Did you like it on its own, or did you like it like compared to the lesser versions that were released? I like it on its own. I don't think that it, it. I don't think it definitely fits under the Conjuring moniker, if if you will. But I think that the Conjuring universe should expand of beyond American folklore. Like I. Well, when I was in Texas, I had friends. <laughs> uh, but I had plenty of Latino friends that have grown up with this folklore all their lives. 
So like for them to see it represented on film was a big thing for them. Me, I I knew of it, but I wasn't I don't know anything like other than the movies I saw. I just know this is right. a certain character. So I enjoyed that it was adapted for uh the big screen or American audiences if whatever is the right way to yeah. say that. Well, I hope hey, the Conjuring like... 3 is good. Oh, you should have done that. So I, I oh, used not... to the episode um, where you guys covered La Llorona. And... Oh, shit, you pronounce it correctly. I know, you hear how you Well, I mean, it's just, dude, it's a story that, uh, that I grew up with that. With that um, okay, yeah. Floor. So it, it dude, the, the the story it sticks with me, man. It's personal, like <laughs> it, it, it gets me. Um, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see this movie this year because I I want to believe it's the movie that I hope it is, and not the movie that everyone's claiming it to be. So I might not ever watch the movie. That being mm. said, um, I kind of was hoping that it wasn't part of the Conjuring universe because I don't know, seeing it uh, adapted for for the, for the Conjuring universe, uh, or knowing that it's part of that I, it, it took a little bit away from me, even though I love the Conjuring universe, I love the movies, even movies like The Nun that, that gets uh, dumped on and, and all this crap. Oh no. oh no, oh <laughs> no I I don't love the nun, but I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I don't want it to have a sequel, but it was good for what it was. I personally am all conjured out. Really? I just I'm, they annoy me a little bit. I mean, there there's good movies, but I'm just I'm I'm getting burnt out. But I mean, I'll probably, I mean, we'll see with like the first trailer drops and more of like the synopsis and everything. But I mean, I, I still support my horror community, but I'm just, I'm burnt out. Let, let me ask you this just to play devil's advocate Are you a Marvel fan? I am. See, I compared The Conjuring to the MCU, is to where we have a universe where. All these other movies can take place. The Nun was mostly exposition, which I think is a problem. Did we need an hour and a half to explain this character that appears in a couple of films, five minutes or less? Maybe not. But I like that we actually have a consistent world that keeps growing. And that's where I like it. I'm, I'm the same way. I want like 15 Conjuring movies. Yeah, if it means we can keep expanding. As, yeah, as long as they're good. I mean, I haven't seen the nun, but Annabelle was awful. Annabelle creation, which I'm actually watching right now as I'm recording this, is <laughs> is an improvement, but it's still not a good film. I haven't seen the third one, but I heard that's um, trashy fun. <laughs> but but with the main series, the actual Conjuring films, I think those are. Damn near masterpieces. One and two are very equal. I don't like one better or less than the other. They're both four stars in my book. Um, 
And I, I really hope that with this third film, because to Ash's point, we the the the, the, the moniker uh, moniker the name of the Conjuring has been diluted so much through all of its uh, spinoffs. Although the third one is still strong and brings us back to what we loved about the first two films. And there's also a new director, and I don't know if that's going to be good or bad because James Wan is such a strong director. And Michael Chavez is too, but it's it's going to be it's going to be different, and I don't know if that difference is going to be good or bad. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, the Conjuring Three is, you know, repeats the uh, you know repeats the success of the first two. Yeah, it has potential. Yeah, um, and we'll see. It's in post production, so hopefully, if uh, some lucky test screeners get to see it, let us know. Kill Dead Podcast at gmail dot com. Y'all don't have to let me know. I'll, y'all don't have to let me know. I'll find out in September. <laughs> I hate I'll, spoilers. I'll be there. I'll be there. I I yeah. am gonna watch this movie in theaters. Prediction: um, This is gonna be like the biggest box office horror, horror film of the year, I think, even more than Halloween. Really? You hush your mouth. Oh, it's gonna be God interesting to see how they they both play out. You know that's why? Gonna be some because competition. Halloween's gonna be rated R, and it's gonna be rated PG thirteen. Just on that alone. What wasn't the first Conjuring rated R, or was PG thirteen? No. I don't think so. Wait a minute. One of them you know was... what? I think that the first one was rated R. It was rated R because it was too scary. It wasn't because... Yeah, it was rated R. Yeah. But I think The Conjuring 3 is going to be rated PG-13. Oh, man. The Conjuring 2 is also rated R. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind what I just said. Yeah, it should be rated R. I think that <laughs> if it wasn't rated R, it wouldn't compete against Halloween Kills, which we're just going to go ahead and get into since... Insulting <laughs> my love child. <laughs> uh, David Gordon Green has returned along with Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Judy Greer, and Anthony Michael Hall will be making his uh, Halloween franchise debut as Tommy Doyle in the follow up sequel to the 2018 film Halloween. I cannot be more excited for this film. I would hate it if I didn't love it. I'm coming at this with extreme bias. Um, I think the opportunity to actually end a Halloween with a cliffhanger, since we do know Halloween ends is coming, is probably the route they're going to take. I don't know if we're going to see the demise of Lloyd Strode or uh, even Judy Greer's character, Karen. I think Lindsay Wallace is definitely going to fucking get it. Oh and yeah, Allison's I, gonna have to <laughs> rise as the new. How dare you to. speak of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Kyle Richards? How <laughs> dare you? Full name. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like when, if between her or Tommy, she's gonna get it for sure. Yeah, there's been some are so spills of Tommy building a baseball bat and. Laurie Strode at the hospital. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler. It's been all over the internet. But I'm hoping that that is just the first two minutes of the film or whatever. And that's why it's been leaked or so prevalent on the internet. And has nothing to do with what really is going to take place. That's just just, my guess. 
I'm just excited to see how it all comes about. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see how they're going to introduce Lindsay, Tommy. I'm just, and like how Michael lives. Like, I'm just excited to see how it all comes about. But I, I am nervous with from all what this. I see, they're paying homage to Halloween 2. And that's why they're going to start off with the hospital. Lori yeah. possibly getting treated for her wounds. And then them finding Michael's body somewhere and bringing it in. Like, dumbasses. <laughs> but whatever. We need a film. Like, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm kind of nervous because they showed so much behind the scenes stuff. Like, they just... They went a little overboard with some of the behind the scenes and just reveals and stuff, but I'm I'm still excited. Yeah. I'm avoiding all images, all news and spoilers. Like the where you were talking about, there was a scene with um, Tommy swinging a bat. I haven't seen that. I heard that he. I did hear that he uses a baseball bat, but I didn't see the actual image. I don't want to see anything about this film until the trailer that drops. I'm pretty sure in May. And the actual film in you know in October. Okay, well then, rather than spoil anything for anyone, what is on your Halloween Kills wish list? What would you like to see happen to a character or in the storyline? We'll start with Devin. I would like to see um, more screen time is given for oh my gosh, uh, Lori's daughter. I forget her name. Blur's granddaughter. Oh, Allison. Okay. Yeah, because I believe that she's going to sort of be the, the you know, the, the character that Lori passes the torch to. Because obviously mm-hmm. Halloween is going to go beyond Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. There's going to be another one after this. So I wonder if she's going to be sort of the new Lori Strode of the series. Um, I don't want to see a lot of fan service in this movie. I want this to be its own, own unique story that's not cognizant of the other films since they went so hard out their way to ignore the other sequels. Right. And, and um, I also want for the horror community, like, you, know, you know, you can like the movie or not like the movie, but, you know, we all know this movie's going to get shat on once it comes out because everyone is overly critical about a love, beloved property like this. Just give the movie a chance. Don't bitch about it when it comes out. Unless it's like really, really bad. Don't don't bitch about the movie. Yeah. Uh, Raul. Um. Well, I would definitely like. Well, can I just start off by saying that I love when you guys do these these little question things and how um, Ash would always complain about having to go first. And to, to be part of one, finally, is kind of like a dream come true right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, glad we get to put you under the pressure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That being said, I would like uh, some more time with uh, Lori's daughter. I feel like we finally got to see the kind of character that she was in the culmination of her of her training. Um, in the basement scene, especially when she fake cries and, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then mm-hmm. Michael pops is around the corner, like, gotcha, bitch, and shoots him right in the neck. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I want more of that. I thought that was so badass. Yeah. Because right. her character was getting on my nerves. Especially yeah. when she was wearing that Christmas sweater when it was Halloween. Slow <laughs> your roll down, sister. Like, wear a hey. Halloween sweater. Yo, I know people like that, and they <laughs> irritate me. Serious spoiler alert. She's rocking another sweater in the stills I saw. Uh, 
She oh, doesn't God. believe in Halloween at all. So it's going to be like a Valentine's sweater now? <laughs> oh, it's a Christmas sweater. I mean, we'll see if it sticks, but it seems to be her thing. Hey, can I ask you guys a question really quick? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you think that... Okay, in the scene where um, they're all at, at the dinner for the granddaughter's, I don't know, badge or whatever award that she yeah. won... And she's asking Judy Greer, hey, have you seen your grandmother? And Judy Greer is like, yes, I did see her. But we get the sense that she's lying. Do we think that she was actually lying to, like, that she actually did meet up with Lori for lunch? And they planned this whole thing out? See, I I'm glad no, you brought that up. No, I don't think up. she was lying. You don't think she was lying? Okay. Nope. Hmm. What were we going to say, Ash? Ash, what no, were you going to say? No, I was going to say, Gray, remember when we first talked about the movie? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what you said, but I thought you, like, thought that maybe, like, they planned it. I don't know, maybe I got confused with something else. Wait, you thought who planned it? Like, Lori and, um, Karen. Karen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Well, because I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm asking that because I believe there was, and I don't know how true this is, but apparently there is a deleted subplot where Laurie actually crashed the bus that Michael was on. Yes. And trying to kill him, and that whole sequence was, was cut out. So I, I wonder if that is part of a, you know, a, re, a residue from that, that script. So. I, I would mm-hmm. like to see that lost footage. Me too. Me too, because there's also a scene where Michael attacks Lori outside the house. But we actually, you know, the opposite of that part of the film. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, this one has definitely suffered from reshoots and small continuity, which is why I like the fact that they were greenlighted for two and three. So you don't have to worry about people are going to like it. You get to do what you're going to do. And it is what it is. And then that's one more film than Rob Zombie got to do. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, as for what I would like to see is I need to see Cameron get stabbed in the fucking dick. I was just about to say that. That bitch is a cunt and I need to see him go down. Ooh. Oh my. <laughs> oh. Oh, goodness. oh, I was just going to say that. I'm glad Am I? I should <laughs> What? Are you serious? I like Cameron. He was funny. Why? I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I was about to say, did you, <laughs> did you get confused with like his friend or? Oh, his friend <laughs> I really hate. I'm glad his friend got killed. The one on the fence? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Also, I really interpret his character as being gay. And the fact that he was not gay also annoyed me too. But... I don't know. I just, I didn't like him at all. He was just friend-zoned. Mm. Nah, we've, we've all been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm... Gray took what I was going to say, because I was like, he got to go. But I'm very excited to see Julian to return. I'm pretty sure he comes mm. back, and I have a feeling they're going to try to make him, like, another Tommy. Yeah. And see... See where that plays off, but I really, I really enjoyed his character. Yeah, he was now, funny. 
Now, would you would you be okay if he just dies, like in any way, or does it specifically have to be in the dick? Uh, in the dick. There's no other justifiable way, as far as I can. <laughs> Some type of impalement involving his groin. Or like, like kind of a, kind of a, like a. I, I can imagine. I know it's not Michael Myers, but I can imagine Victor Crowley. Like, grab the non and just tear yes. it off. I the, just got so excited. You, you know what? I wouldn't even be upset if Victor Crowley came across the screen and killed him and left. And they never explained it. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a random. Yes! He exists in that franchise and we're done. Alright. So that wraps Halloween Kills. Um, which brings us to the first movie of 2019 follow-up film, The Escape Room 2. Adam Robitel returns along with Taylor Russell. Um, Isabel Furman's coming back. Or coming back. Shit. Coming on board. You guys might remember from The Orphan. She's probably done other work, and I just have not watched it. But Hunger she was games. awesome. <laughs> She was in Hunger Games. Um, along with Hoden, Holland Roden, who all you Teen Wolf MTV fans will love. Yay. <laughs> uh, this movie's been pretty much kept under wraps. There's no details that I know of just of yet other than it's in production. I personally hope that there really is a tie-in to Hellraiser, but it doesn't have to be. But we'll see. Oh, India Moore is in there. Did I say that? Mm-hmm. Yep, she's in okay. there. It takes place in New York, and they're on set of a reality series where the audience gets to bet on how they escape the room. Oh. They get delivered. Okay. Okay, I totally just made that up. I, I thought there would be oh. like a fan for <laughs> I was going to say, oh, okay. <laughs> I was reading. Like, I was listening. Like, it, I was it did just... sound far-fetched. Like, I keep on going. <laughs> I was so wondering how you did that because on IMP, it just says plot unknown. <laughs> so, what kind of hookup you got, McDevin? Like, okay. I mean, I can follow India more on Instagram, so I have the inside. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> no, um, I'm looking forward to this. I do hope that India Moore has a larger character. She was in Queen and Slim, if you guys saw that. Or not, but uh, I would like to see her in a main role. I really feel like it would be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I, I really, really like the first movie. It was a big surprise of 2019. And, fuck, man, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to this one. I'm actually going to put this one up there with, you know, Halloween and, and Candyman is... Is it one of the movies I'm looking forward to the most in 2020? I agree. Because it was such a... Like, it was the first horror film of 2019. But I just saw it to see it. It wasn't like I had great expectations. Right. But the movie was awesome. Uh, and I, I I, think Brandon was the biggest fan of us oh, all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He He's a <laughs> Deborah Ann Wolf fan through and through. <laughs> um... I think that Logan Miller returns too, or maybe it's a flashback. Uh, but I want to say that his name was mentioned. I 
hope so. I like him. He's a good actor. Okay, I'll tell you guys, I have to look up the name of this movie, but he was in this movie a few years ago that disturbed the hell out of me. Not because it was scary, but it sort of was like a movie guy to be how to be a pedo- pedophile. And it was a film that dealt with like pedophilia and incest in a really uncomfortable way. I gotta find this movie. Hang on one second. Never saw it. Um, I thought you were gonna say Scout's Guide to Zombie Apocalypse. Take Me to the River? Yes, there's that's a, it, Ash. There's a comfortable way to deal with that material? <laughs> oh, damn. You know, no, it was, it was so. We were just watching it, and I'm, because, you know, I know who he is as Knacker. Let's watch it without any previews or anything. And we're just sitting there, just so uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't. I don't think we should be watching this. Like, I think the police are tracking us by watching this film. It's so... I don't understand how someone can make a movie like this. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's actually... Is it on HBO? Like, HBO showing it? I can't remember. I think I saw but... it on Prime. I know I saw it on Prime, but I don't know if I... Yeah, I know I saw it on Prime. I have not seen this. Don't. I don't know why I recommended it. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, I derailed the convo. Let's <laughs> talk about pedophilia. Um, well, we're running close to time, so I'm just going to go around robbing real quick. We didn't get to all the films of 2020, but Ash, you're going to go first. What is one film we haven't mentioned that you want to see in 2020? Of Wrong Turn, The Foundation. So... They actually filmed this movie near where I live, and I'm jealous because I really want to be an extra, but I had to work. You know, adult problems. So <laughs> they dropped the uh, <laughs> they dropped the the, um, the poster art for the film, but they have yet to release a date. But they it's supposed to come out this year, and I'm a huge fan of the Wrong Turn franchise. So I'm excited to see the whole reboot and what they have to offer for the fans of the franchise. Yeah, I know Matthew Maldine is supposed to be in it, or it was rumored to be in it, and that's all I've heard about it. Yeah, and so, if his but, daughter Ruby wanted to be in it, that'd be cool, too. She's become a small-time screen queen. Right. So, I mean, like, they haven't released the synopsis of the movie yet, but I'm just, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I'm really excited. And, you know, I'm also excited for Terrified too, but we're not talking about that. We can talk about whatever you want. You get the pick. <laughs> oh. Well, Terrified 2 and Antlers. That comes out in April. Yeah, Antlers was on this list, but I did skip by it. My bad. Comes out on <laughs> April 17th. Carrie Russell, for all you Star Wars fans. Star Wars? <laughs> Felicity. You haven't seen Star Wars yet. You know what I just learned today, and for real, for real, J.J. Abrams directed Felicity. Yeah, he created it. I didn't. I didn't fucking know that. I just saw a YouTube video today. Such a good show. Well, since we're on the subject of you, what are you looking forward to? Well, since I'm getting another year without getting Sinister Three, um, I guess this is settled for. Um, Oh gosh, what's the name of this fucking movie? The Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. And it's not okay. because I'm a 
it's not because I'm a Ghost, Ghostbusters fan. I just want to see what the reaction is and then see how people are going to do like a retro reaction to Ghostbusters 2016, which I personally did not think was that bad of a film. I actually liked it. It was kind of yeah. fun. Like, I would appreciate if they acknowledge it's in the same realm. I mean, I feel like the reaction was an exercise in misogyny. I mean, you know, whether you like the film or hate the film, you can't deny that sexism played a huge role in that film's demise. Um, and for everybody who's all, you know, creaming their pants over the original Ghostbusters, you seem to forget what kind of a shit fest Ghostbusters 2 was. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to Ghostbusters. I guess I'm sort of looking forward to Ghostbusters Afterlife. I was really underwhelmed by the trailer, but it's one of those films that I'm, it's like the Connors. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of hate watch it, you know, for for some reason, just just because it's there. So that's my pick. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about the trailer. So yeah, it was just it was it, it was Stranger Things, but on the big screen. Whatever. And Finn is also in that too. And I'm not the biggest fan of that. whatever. I'm wearing. I'm not gonna talk about this kid. But <laughs> isn't isn't Afterlife taking place after the events of Ghostbusters one and two? Yeah. So they know it's 2016. But it, so if it's if it's said modern day in times, how's how does it feel like Stranger Things? Well, just because it's, it's using all this like nostalgia. Of, Air about it, and using kid actors in the in the roles. That's what I meant. Not like the two plays in the eighties, but just using these these younger kids in the roles. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, so, Raul, how about you? Um, well, I probably I don't know. There's a lot I'm looking forward to, but I'd I'd say probably the quiet a quiet place too, um, because. A, a Quiet Place was a movie that I greatly regret not seeing in theaters. I okay. wish I had. And I... Man, I, I love it. This is going to sound terrible of me, but I love it when kids die in movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, any movie that's got the balls to kill a kid, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all for it. Kill, kill more kids, kill all the kids, kill them on screen. Make it make it real good. Because, and it's always such em. a touchy subject because people are like, you're not allowed to do that. The hell you're not. Fair game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If they're if they're in the movie, then let's treat them like they're in the movie. Let's not let's not uh, you know cover them in plastic and bubble wrap them. Let's put them in danger. Let's let's f them up. You know. Yeah. And I loved how the opening of that movie was just the first thing, boom, kid gets killed. Roll, I like you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I guess if I am not 100%, I have no details on this, but I am fanboying all over Gigi Salguera. Uh, she has a segment coming up in the movie 28. It's an anthology series. I've tweeted about it. I'm dying to know more about it. After her entry into the Into the Dark anthology series, Culture Shock, I love that. We've talked about it several times on the show. I'm just looking forward to her next projects. 
know oh, she directed a couple episodes of the Purge series, so. I don't have cable. Oh. But I would be down for it, too. Yeah, she's definitely the director, like, the person I'm, like, keeping my eye on. She's just amazing. Absolutely. I I love Culture Shock. In fact, uh, Ash, um, I told you about the movie um, oh. on, a, on a tweet because you, you asked what's a new movie that people aren't really talking about this year that uh, that you really like, and that's when I told you about Culture Shock. Right, and I am thankful you did. Um, I, absolutely. I, I've told every single person I can about that movie. I love that movie to death. It is... 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, 12 out of 10. Like, I love that movie. Especially, uh, I, I'm first-generation immigrant. I was born in Mexico. My family uh, migrated here illegally. And it, it is a movie that really, really hits home to me. Like, just all the personal notes. I think I am the only That's... person on this podcast who has not seen this movie yet. Well, damn it. Why? Get on Hulu. You're off work tomorrow. Get on Hulu. I know. Damn, she got you up. I know, right? <laughs> I can't do it tomorrow because I'm watching 200 cigarettes and New Year's Eve home. But maybe on January 1st, I'll do Culture Shock. Yeah, just do it. Is that a New Year's tradition? You watch those two films? Yes, we watch those two films and get shit-faced. Oh. I have spent several New Year's watching 200 cigarettes. For a long time, that was right up there on my films to watch on New Year's. Now I just oh. turned to the sauce. Oh, Ray, you gotta watch 200 Cigarettes. It's a great... I thought I was the only person in the world that loved that movie. No. I've never I... seen it. <laughs> it's a movie that everybody's in right before they got famous. Okay. That's Late true. Games. Except for Casey Affleck. He still hasn't nailed it. That is so rude. Damn. That is so rude, Ray. Okay. I'm just... I'm just... I'm He's just... A, a Golden Globe something actor he's out something <laughs> i don't know if he's nominated or one uh yeah i mean fun fact the only reason i watched that film to begin with is because dave Chappelle was in it and i was yeah. a very big half big fan at the time first dvd i ever purchased in my life and i still own it to this day uh second to that christina ricci and for all you ant-man fans paul red is in there i mean like you paul said there's a lot of people before they hit their mark Kate Hudson's in there. Name's yeah, somebody. Courtney Love's in there for some freakish reason. Jay Moore. Holy <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Jay Moore. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. Harry Nicole Parker. Any soul food fans? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it really is an awesome film. It it might be semi dated, but I think I think it still holds up. And it's an awesome soundtrack too. If you like pop music from the early '80s. Which I do. Because <laughs> I'm old. But yeah. I've so. never listened to the soundtrack, but I will uh, give it an Amazon listen. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Welcome to 2020. We look forward to discussing and hating and loving everything that is to come. Uh, Devin, where can people find you at? At I Need You, Jesse which is my Twitter and Instagram handle, and I need you, jesse.com. Ash. You can find me on Twitter at Ash to Ashes. And Raul, one more time for the ladies. 
<laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Raul versus Monsters. And as always, you can find me on all social medias at Gray himself, T R A E himself, no.com. Just the pit bullet points. <laughs> Happy New Year, you creeps. Happy New Year. New Year, new me. Oh, reclaiming my truth. Feliz Año Nuevo. Oh, what does that mean? It means Happy New Year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>